are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. By a show of hands, raise your hand if you've heard of Michael Jordan. Hands down. By a show of hands, who can tell me who his high school basketball coach was? His name. Raise your hand. By a show of hands, who can tell me who Serena Williams is? By a show of hands, who can tell me who taught her how to swing a racket? Okay, some people know. Raise your hand if you know who Tiger Woods is. Tiger Woods. Black man changed golf. Anyway. <laughs> who was his first pro coach? Anybody know? His first pro coach. His dad had a big influence in his life, but his first pro coach name was Butch. Anybody know, know that? Raise your hand if you know who LeBron James is. King James. Who was his high school coach? The reason why I'm telling you this is because we've been talking about what my job was, what your job is. My job as a coach, as an equipper, is to sit back in the cut and equip you to shine and to do what God's called you to do so that you can be everything that God's called you to be and do everything that he's called you to do. And so these, these people, you want to know who uh, Michael Jordan's coach was? His name was Roy Williams. Um, you want to know who is who is, uh, Kobe, Kobe Bryant also was in there? His high school coach name was Greg Downer. Not necessarily the best name for a coach. <laughs> Tiger Woods, like I said, his first pro coach was Butch Harmon. And all of these, and, and then Serena Williams, her dad, was her big influence in her life. All of these people were able to shine and do the unthinkable, do things that they couldn't do themselves, but the coach was able to pull things out of them, be able to show them things that they did not necessarily know that they can do. That's my job. That's what I want to do. That's what God's called me to do, is to help you to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. There are things on the inside of you that you don't necessarily know that God's placed on the inside of you to be able to shine, to be able to shine the light in this dark world, to be able to step out of yourselves and be who God's called you to be. That's what my job is, to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Change the world. Like, well, it's a dark world. Man, just need one light. One light can change the darkness. Amen? Man, I'm telling you what, on the playing field of life, all the things that could, <clears throat> what it looks like right now, it looks like everything is dark. We got the elections coming up. What is, you know, who's, who's in the lead? What's going on? It's dark. Everything else is crazy. I like what Mark Rutland said uh, last week. He said, the people have gone 2020. It's gone crazy. And what, what is going on in this world? What is, what is the, the case? But I'm telling you what, I believe God has something up his sleeve. Do you believe that? I believe that God is up to something and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. I believe he has the ability to pull something out that no one else even thought of. But all of a sudden we will see what he has done and we'll give all glory and praise to him because he's ready to do something, I believe. How many of you believe that, that he is up to something? Reason why I'm telling you that, how many of you guys watched that game last night? Anybody see that Dodgers game last night? Vanessa and I were talking. Some of you guys don't watch baseball, but I do. I love it. I think it's one of the greatest sports 
uh, one of the great sports venues uh, uh, in the world. I love all kinds of sports, but I love baseball. Last night, Vanessa and I were watching the, the Dodgers and Rays go back and forth. They, one would take the lead, the other one would take the lead. And so Vanessa was, is rooting for the Dodgers. I'm rooting for the Rays. Uh, Vanessa's rooting for the Dodgers because there's a lot of ties to the Red Sox. I'm rooting for the Rays because uh, ties to the Red Sox. And so we are, we're sitting there watching the game, and Vanessa goes, I'm going to bed. She goes, the Dodgers are going to win this game. I said, no, they're not. I said, honey, wait, wait a second. I'm telling you, just wait. I'm telling you, something's going to happen. She goes, no, I'm going to bed. Good night. And so she goes to, she goes to bed. And all of a sudden, I go, well... She's probably right. I'm going to go take a shower. Might as well go take one. This game's over. And all of a sudden, out of the bedroom, I hear, oh, 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 oh. And I run out of the shower. And, and anyway, the shower wasn't running. <laughs> and I stick my head out. I run out of the shower. She, I go, what? She goes, oh, my gosh. They made a mistake. The, the Rays the Rays have won. Not only did they tie it, but they come back to win it. What happened? They made a mistake. Somebody hit the ball. And all of a sudden, he hit the ball, and he didn't even know he, he didn't even hit it good. He barely hit the ball. It flew over the infield. And all of a sudden, the outfielder picked up the ball. He threw it inside. And all of a sudden, he missed the ball. The guy comes in, and he dives in, and he slams on home plate. He has won. Not only did they tie, but they won the game. All the stands and people had left. Everybody else had given up but all of a sudden they won the game because they didn't give up I'm telling you today that God is up to something good everybody else is saying it's over it's over we this this nation this country is not going to be any good I'm telling you I'm telling you God is up to something good he is up to something good and if you can get in on it We'll get to slide into home plate. I can get up dirty. <laughs> He's up to something. You believe that? Amen. It's the truth. God is up to something, and we get to do what Jesus did. If you want to know what the title of my message is today, it's do what Jesus did. Look at your neighbor and say, do what Jesus did. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. You're so good in every way. I'm thankful, Lord, that we get to stand in this place, sit here and here and see what you're doing. And so we bless you, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord, for being able to come and be a part of worship. It's not just a prelude to the message, Lord, but it is what you've called us to do, is what you've designed us to do. So we thank you for that. And we love and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1990, a young girl got a hold of Charles Sheldon's book in her steps. She coined the phrase, what would Jesus do? Made a bracelet that went worldwide and spread like wildfire. And people were wearing it because in any situation, you would want to think, what would Jesus do? Would he get upset? Would he, would he be mad? What would Jesus do? And here's the truth. We know what Jesus did because he gave us in his word what he would do. And so turning your Bibles to John chapter 5. And I'm going to set this up while you're turning there. Jesus just healed a man at the pool of Bethesda. And the Jews wanted to kill him because he healed on the Sabbath. And Jesus' response is perfect. Let's start at verse 16. It says, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus, 
and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Jesus is saying, I'm in conjunction working with the father. The father and I have been working. We've been working together. And this is what it says in verse 18. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that, his, that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered, him, answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, whatever, what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son, and he shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son, that all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. He's saying this. If you look up here just for a second. Whatever I see the father do, that's what I do. Jesus only did, this is my first one, Jesus only did what he saw the father do. And if we're going to do what Jesus did, we need to do what, we, we, what he does, what the father does. We need to do what Jesus does. He only did what he saw the father do. Whatever the father does, that's what he did. Father, father, monkey see, monkey do. Right? I got an answer for you. This is your circus and those are your monkeys. <laughs> we need to do what the father does. We do what Jesus. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the father. Whatever Jesus did, what did Jesus do? What are the things that he did? He healed the sick, raised the dead. I'll tell you this, he obeyed the commands of his father as well. See, a lot of times we want to heal the sick, raise the dead. We want to heal blind eyes, but we want to skip over the promises and the commands of God. Right. Can't skip over the commands of God and then, just, and then all of a sudden think that, that, you know, we're just going to heal the sick, raise the dead. We need to do what God's called us to do. We need to follow the word of God. Jesus is the word. So we need, we need to do what he does. Imitate, just what uh, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We need to follow. He's like, imitate me. As I follow Christ, you follow me. Follow Jesus. Do what Jesus did. I have a picture I want to show you. See if you can figure out who this is. That is Luke. He's a lot bigger now. But one of the things that Luke used to do, he would follow his mom around, and he had that vacuum cleaner. He'd vacuum. And I guess it was cute enough that we took a picture but he's just standing there not doing much of anything. That vacuum has since gotten corona because he won't pick it up now. <laughs> it's got some kind of kryptonite or something on it. He just won't go near it. Like every time he goes near it, it's just, I'm coming, Elizabeth, I'm coming. You know, Fred Sanford on me, but <laughs> it's a big one. Yeah. Just want you to vacuum your room. If you could just vacuum your room, it'd be really good. I'm just kidding. Luke's a good kid. He's a man now. He just turned 18. Um, but um, but he would but he wouldn't necessarily wouldn't be doing anything. But he saw his mother vacuuming. Vanessa's always vacuuming, and so he he would do that. I'm telling you what. Nothing was. I loved when my dad would get off work when I was a little kid, and I would go in his closet and put on those big old stinky clod hopping boots and walk around the house. Why? Because I wanted to be like my daddy. I want to tell you something this morning. You look like your daddy, your father in heaven. You look like him. 
In order to do that, we need to do what Jesus did. To be able to do the things that he did. What did he do? He walked around with a heart of compassion. He loved people. He poured into people. He loved those that were in front of him. He did heal the sick. He raised the dead. But he also went against the religious leaders. Well, what would Jesus do? I'll tell you what, Jesus would vote. He would go to the polls and he would vote according to scripture and not according to emotions. He would vote the platforms that listed according to the Bible. He would vote. Amen? Amen. i tell you what else he would do. Jesus would go around and he would look for places and look for people in whom he could give love to. He could show his love because that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen? Amen. Walk around doing what Jesus. What is it that he's saying? Wake up in the morning. God, what is it that you're doing? Because he was metaphysically, say metaphysically aware, always in tune to what, what the Father's doing. How do we do that? Be in tune to what Jesus is doing. God, what are you doing in this situation? What are you doing here on my job? What are you doing here at this school? What are you doing here right now at this store? I'm here uh, picking up coffee. No, you thought you were there to pick up coffee, but were you, really what you were there to do was to walk in and display the glory of God. What you really were there to do, you thought you just need to pick me up, but you don't understand that the pick-me-up lives on the inside of you, and when you walk Walk into those places, the very essence and power of the living God dwells on the inside of you. And therefore, you go into places and people can smell not the aroma of coffee, but the aroma of the presence of Jesus Christ. We are sent ones, S-C-E-N-T. We smell like him. What's that smell? Mm, that's him, girl. Is that L'Oreal? I don't know. That's the aroma of Christ. It smells good, I know, because some people have the aroma of death, but have the aroma of life. Amen? I'm talking about on the inside and the outside, you know what I'm saying? God is wanting us to go and display who he is. Amen? So Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Let me tell you this. We only need to just not do what Jesus did, but we also get to say what Jesus said. Jesus only said what he heard the Father say. I want you to say that with me. Jesus only said what he heard the Father say. In order for him to do that, he had to be listening to what God was saying and had to be in tune to that. So turn, turn, if you would, to John chapter 12. I'm going to show you just this passage. This is good stuff. It's going to be good. John chapter 12. We'll look at verse 42. Listen to how he, what he is saying. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Listen at this. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And I tell you, that will stop you every time. Yeah. Loving the praise of men more than the praise of God. I'm guilty of that. I want to love the praises of God. Well done, good and faithful servant. 44, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me believes not, believes not in me, but he who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world. You know, he comes as a light, then we come as a light as well. And whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. You stop there just for a second. Isn't that good news? Did not come to condemn the world, but to the world through him might be saved. 
And so that's what he's called us to do as well, to come, go in and shine, shine the light so people can come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Verse 48, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Think about that just for a second. Jesus says, whatever I'm talking about, whatever I'm speaking, I'm not just speaking it. I'm speaking on behalf of my Father. We get to say what Jesus said. Well, how do you do that? We have his word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. The Bible says that his, world, his word is forever settled in heaven. The Bible says this, that, when, that his word is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That when we speak, what are the things that Jesus, what were the things that he would say? Jesus would walk into a room and say, peace be unto you. He would say things like, where are your accusers? Where, who, who, else, who condemns you? Well, neither do I. Jesus would say things like, hey, Zacchaeus, my man. You in that tree? Come on down. I'm going to your house today. Jesus says things like, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone opens, I'll come and have supper with them. Jesus says things like, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Peace, love, joy, life. He speaks those things. You know, you have the ability to speak life into situations. You know, you have the ability to speak joy into situations because of who he is. The one who speaks lives on the inside of you. Speak life, speak life, speak life, not death. You know, sometimes we curse ourselves and our situations by the things we speak and the things we come out of our mouth. Amen? I remember one day I was, um, I was always watching sports, and um, I was sitting there, and I got done, and I walked out, and I saw my youngest daughter, Brayden, um, doing this to the TV. And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm doing what you do. I go, I don't do that. She goes, yes, you do. She goes, you do that sometimes when your team is losing. I go, do I? She goes, oh, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> she goes, it's funny. I go, it's not funny. She goes, it's not funny about a team losing. She goes, I think it's funny, Daddy. Anyway, and so, and I caught her just sometimes doing and saying some of the things that I say. And so she would, she picked some of those things up. And one of the time I asked her about it, I go, hey, what? Where, where do you get that? She goes, Dad, I watch you all the time. I'm telling you what, makes you be more careful about some of the things you do, amen? Yeah. You know what? My dad would say a phrase, let's see if you could finish it. Don't do as I do. I always used to think, that's not fair. You tell me to do these things, you don't do as I do, do as I say do. I want to tell you something this morning. I want you to look at me. With the Father, you can do both. Do as he does and do what he says. Because it's all good. Amen? And we get to do the stuff. So we get to do what, we'll do what he, he did. We get to say what he says. My last point. We get to love how he loves. 
John 3.16, you've heard it. Would you quote it with me this morning? For God gave his only that shall not perish, but everlasting life. That's what he says. He says this, and this is what, what you remember, you guys remember this song? 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, loveth not. Knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7, and 8, one of the scriptures we learn in children's church. Because we get to love. If you say that I, you have love and you hate your brother, then the love of God is not in you. But we get to spread the love of God. Amen? Amen. Share the love of God. Shed abroad in our hearts. And we learn this because we know this from history. John, not from the scriptures, but John, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one that leaned back on his breast, I'm just being honest with you. If I was there, I'd be like, John, that's weird. Don't do that. <laughs> John, why are you doing that? Because I'm the one that Jesus loved. You don't know that. John, like, I'm the one. He, I'm his favorite. John was, I mean, I'm telling you, I thought, I was, I mean, reading the scriptures, I'd be like, John was, John was just annoying. <laughs> you're just annoying. I can't even have a conversation with Jesus because you're leaning on his breast. Can I get a moment with him? Can you give me a second? I'm the one he loves. I'd just be like, John, go somewhere. <laughs> Here, fetch, you know, something. Just go. Get away from Jesus for a minute. Here's the truth, though. We all envy him because we want to be him. Have that revelation of his love. The truth is, John, when they would have the meetings in the early church and they would say, and John would come in, old. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'll say older. <laughs> they have to help him get to the, to, the, to the place where he could sit down. And they would all look over and go, it's John. It's the last disciple. The one that was with Jesus, it's John. And so they go, well, he's here. Let's see if he has anything to say. And so they'd look to him and they would motion to him. And he would clamber up, and they'd say, they'd wait at the edge of their seat. Is he going to tell a story about Jesus? What's he going to say? What's John going to reveal to us today? Oh, my gosh. I mean, he was with Jesus. Do you know who that is? All of a sudden, John goes, love one another. And he would get down and go back and sit down. And his disciples would be like, John, Master, why do you keep saying that? And they would say, and he, John would say, because if you would get that, everything else hangs on that. Love one another. Amen? Amen. Love, you're going to do what Jesus did. Say what he said and love how he loved. Amen? Amen. I'm going to help you do that uh, this week. I believe God's called us to be able to do that. I'm going to help you. If our ushers would come, I'm going to ask them to come and, and join us here at the front. I have a gift for each and every one of you. They're going to pass this out right now. I have a bracelet for each one of you that says, not WWJD, but it says, do what Jesus did. And I want you to wear it. 
So go ahead and pass them out. Go ahead. I want everybody to get one. I actually put it on. You put it on. Everybody's going to get one. Some of you are like, it's so small. Yeah, I hope it cuts your circulation off so you'll remember to do what Jesus did. <laughs> like, my hand is purple. Okay, go do something for Jesus. <laughs> when everybody get one. All right. Says on there, do, that's what it stands for, do what Jesus did. Yeah, I want one too. Can you hand me one? And the reason why I wanted to do that is because I want us to start. We talk about, we talk about going out and being the church to the unchurched. What I want you to do is I want you to be able to, this is a reminder, to go out and do what Jesus did. Even if you, you're just like, well, what does that look like? Whatever it is, whatever he's telling you to do, be, be at a place where you can do what Jesus tells you to do. And even if it's just invite somebody to church, pray for somebody, hand out something to somebody, love somebody, pray for somebody, whatever it is, do what Jesus did. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.